strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! How about a football flashback? Thanksgiving Day 1929, Ron Wolfley. Ball. About a month removed from the great stock market crash and the beginning of the Great Depression. And we had a Cardinals Hall of Famer who had himself a feast. Hall of Famer Ernie Nevers. Maybe you've seen the name in the Ring of Fame on State Farm Stadium. I have seen it, Paulie. Okay. So on Thanksgiving Day, 1929, 91 years ago, he scored 40 total points. (laughs) Six touchdowns and four PATs. Don't forget about the PATs, Paul. Uh, It's critical because it remains the NFL's oldest record. And the six touchdowns are still tied for the NFL's single game record. (laughs) Think about that. That's getting it done, Paul. That is production. So in the face of 2020, I just thought we'd we'd stay supremely optimistic. How about that for an intro (laughs) to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Mr. Ron Wolfley, and Mason Cole going to join us a little bit later. I mean, you know, you you talk about a feast, right? And what is Thanksgiving all about? A, giving thanks. Be putting on your football feedback. Well, you got to get an offensive lineman on a Thanksgiving edition of the Big Red Rage, do you not? You absolutely do. I cannot wait to talk to Mason Cole and ask him right away, Paulie, what was it like to actually miss games? That's what I want to know, Mason. Are you kidding me? This is a guy that has played in so many games. Of course, a guy that has been so durable throughout his career for the most part. Can't wait to talk to Mason Cole, doing a nice job developing as a center. By the way, a little bit later, we're going to hear a dessert of choice by Larry Fitzgerald, his go-to, and what his game plan is on Thanksgiving Day. So that's coming up a little bit later. We'll get into Isaiah Simmons real quick. But give me a quick thought here as the Cardinals coming off the bye. Yes, they're 6-4. and four. Yes, they control their own destiny. They're right there in the thick of the playoff race. But now they're a game behind both the Seahawks and the Rams. They still have two games left with the L.A. Rams. And they're going to New England on Sunday. And we all know about Bill Belichick. And you, you know him better than most as your former head coach. Give me a thought on where you think the cards are, the state of the Cardinals at this moment. Polly, first of all, they're in a good spot, right? I mean, they're in a good position to make a run here. And this is an old saying in the National Football League. You win games in November to make a run in December. Well, right now, they've got to win games. I, I look at the New England Patriots, and they've got three pretty impressive wins. Now, again, the Miami Dolphins, I don't want to make them out to be world beaters, but I think we got a front row seat to the Miami Dolphins and had a good chance of, of 
competing with them and possibly winning a game, and they ended up beating the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you know what? Honestly, the Patriots beat them. They beat they beat the Vegas uh, Raiders as well, and they beat Baltimore, Paulie. So, you know, this is a team that is capable. Cam Newton has been all over the place. The defense is going to have to play so well in order to get a win on the road. But I think the offense, once again, carries the greatest weight of all, Paul. You had a chance to actually talk to Bill Belichick and interview your former head coach this morning on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. And you're reminded, such a genius. I mean, think about it. 46 years he has been coaching in the NFL now, both as an assistant and as a head coach. Uh, It's been 19 straight winning seasons for Bill Belichick. The last time they had six losses, it was 2009. Think about that in a season. Wow. And there's just there's so much beauty in the simplicity of what he does. And by that, I mean, on defense, they're going to try and take away what you do best. And when New England's on offense, they're going to attack what they view as your major weakness. Now, how he does that can get very complicated and complex. But at its essence, that's really what he does as a head coach. That's his philosophy, isn't it? There's no doubt about it, Paul. He's going to take away whatever you do well. That's what he's going to do, and he typically does it in rundown situation and third and obvious pass situations as well. But interviewing Bill is not easy. Let me tell you that right now, Paul. I'm just saying you, you know, this that was a difficult, difficult interview, especially the first few questions when he came on. He he went full coach Belichick which I was a little surprised at. I got to tell you, I was a little taken back. And you could tell right away, you're absolutely right, that he was in he was in regular season mode. Yes. Now, you interview him in June or July, he's probably a totally different person. A little bit different, Paul, no oh. doubt. Game week? Yeah. And, 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 and he's on the air in the city of his opponent. So, yes, he was measuring every word and then some. By the way, Ron Wolfley, speaking of head coaches, I don't know if you saw the news late this afternoon, news out of St. Louis that former Cardinals head coach Jim Hannafin has passed away at the age of 87. I know he was your former head yep. coach, and so all the best to the Hannafin family. No doubt about it, Paulie. As that news came down, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Love you, Jim. Wilson Cardinals bringing some pressure. It's picked up. Wilson with time in the pocket. Now in trouble and sacked. About four Cardinals in the backfield. But it's Isaiah Simmons, the rookie, that gets the Russell Wilson first to force a punt. Shotgun snap to Wilson. Straight drop back. Steps up in the pocket. Takes off. Running far side at the 40. And drilled by Simmons at the 41. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Shotgun snap Wilson. Quick throw to the left flat. Metcalf caught it at the 38. Dropped by Isaiah Simmons for a loss at the 37-yard line. Simmons has played terrific football tonight. The rookie really starting to get comfortable out there. How about 10 tackles? That was a team high in 45 snaps. His first career sack here, the montage there, Arizona Cardinals radio and Dave Pash, two tackles for loss, a quarterback hit all at Seattle where truly his initial playmaking prowess was seen in the Sunday night game against Seattle when he had the pick in overtime. He played only five snaps in that game, had the pick, and everything has been different ever since. If you listen to his defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, it is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, Mason Cole, Cardinals starting center right around the corner. Give me your thoughts on what you saw 
in Seattle of Isaiah Simmons, Wolf, because then I'll share what Jordan Hicks told the media earlier this week. Yeah, I saw a downhill player, Polly, for the most part right here. And what I mean by that is a guy that is initiating contact, a guy that was very, very aggressive. Not only is Isaiah Simmons, as you well know, Polly, very athletic and can run with the best of them all over the field, but also a guy that I need to see come downhill and be physical at the point of attack. And guess what? That's exactly what he was. I loved his physicality. I loved the the Jägermeister, if you will, the manhunter that I think he can possibly be, very much like a Daryl Washington used to be for the Arizona Cardinals. I see Isaiah Simmons filling that role because just just because he has the measurables doesn't mean he's going to play like that you have to see it don't you i mean you have to see a guy that okay we know he's fast but can he play fast can he navigate the mental side of the game and it's been a process there's no doubt about it but when jordan hicks tells the media that when he was watching film and he's like okay all of a sudden you don't see isaiah simmons in the frame and then he's the guy making the tackle a moment later (laughs) you just realize how quickly he can be a difference maker and get to the ball carrier yeah paulie and what i love is once again they've pretty much kept him in a few packages of course they've used him in different ways but they haven't really overloaded him at all they've taken their time with isaiah simmons and i think it's starting to pay off right now because he feels confident he feels like he knows what it is that he's doing and we've talked about this many many times this was always going to be a work in progress when you talk about Isaiah Simmons because you miss as many snaps as he missed in the offseason and it's going to be quite the transition when you move right into regular season games into the National Football League that's quite the transition period for a guy that is learning And every rookie has to prove it. But I think there's also a process, and you tell me, Wolf, but every rookie has to prove it to themselves. Oh, yeah, no doubt, Paul. that, that I mean, we know he's a blue chipper. He's an All-American. He's the number eight pick overall. He's got all the measurables. He's a freak, but he, and he admitted this week that, yeah, you know, that interception went a long way for his own self-confidence. Oh, and yeah. That, and, and Vance Joseph said ever since that interception, he's been different. His body language, his confidence – He's been more outgoing with other players. It changed his mindset in the words of Vance Joseph. Here's Isaiah Simmons talking this week on just the weight because there were several games where you could count on two hands how many snaps he got in the entire game, and that's all changed here recently. Yeah, it was really hard. I've always been like the star guy, so it was rough. And, you know, I had, I had a lot of outside support from just family and friends and even my teammates. You know, my teammates would come in like, you know, like, Zay, don't worry about it. Just be patient. Your time's going to come, and when it comes, just take full advantage of it. And I, I did that when uh, my time came. And that was some of the advice from Hassan Reddick as well. Hassan had shared a couple weeks ago that, you know, he's had a number of talks. Hassan was right in that same that same spot, taken in the top half of the first round and expected to play in that linebacker position. And his advice to him was, yes, you got to wait. It's tough. But it's when you get your chance that you got to make sure you stick, that you keep your job and you make a difference. And it was to the point, Wolf, when, when the media release came out this week, I checked the depth chart. Yeah. I, I wanted to see if I Isaiah right. Simmons right. was actually ahead of Devondre Campbell. Now he's not, and we don't know the exact status of Devondre Campbell and the calf injury, but 
you can't tell me he's not pushing the veteran. You know, we talk about this all the time, Polly, but don't think for a moment just because Isaiah Simmons is an athletic freak that he was beamed down from the mothership. And that's what we think. Somehow they're different than you and I when they're not. You're exactly right. Isaiah Simmons had to prove to himself first that he could play. And I don't care what you say. You can say, oh, he's so confident. Stop it, Wolf. Knock it off. I'm telling you right now, as a rookie playing in this league, you got to prove it to yourself that you can actually survive and thrive on the field. And I think he's in the process of doing that. And we've seen him at inside, outside linebacker, nickel, and at safety. So we'll see about New England. Mason Cole starting center next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Back to throw, flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and it is... Oh, he's caught it! He's caught it! He's caught it! He's caught it! Oh, my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! Yeah! Yeah! Oh! Oh, my God! And the game is over. The Cardinals win it 32-30. I know, Wolf. The Hale Murray is so two weeks ago, but come on now. <laughs> no better intro than the real-time, real-life reaction of the guy who started that play by snapping the ball and getting that play in motion, the play of the NFL season. And don't forget, three players touched the football on that play in reverse order of appearance. There was DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, and our guest on the Big Red Rage tonight, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Mason Cole, your starting center. Mason, how are we doing on the night before Thanksgiving? What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well. And doing great, Mason. Really appreciate you joining us right now, buddy. How has the year been for you so far? Man, it's been it's been good. Uh, it's up and down, obviously. I wish we could have you know, won all these games, but uh, it's been good so far. Uh, we got a tough stretch coming up here these next the next six games, and these are all kind of must-win for us. So, uh, you know, happy about, you know, the first 10 games, but, uh, you know, those are kind of in the past now. We're just looking forward. Uh, our goal right now is to beat New England, and we'll go from there. Was that Hale Murray, by the way? Was that the most unbridled joy you've had on a football field since, oh, I don't know, high school or something like that? Man, maybe even before that. It's like plays like that make you make you realize that this game is the same game that we've been playing since we were – you know, six, seven, five years old, whatever it might be. Um, it, it brings you back to those moments, just uh, like a little kid, just uh, excited. Why is that, Mason? Why, why do you say that? Why, what, what, what was it about that play that totally made you realize, you know what, this is the same game I was playing when I was seven? You know, when you get to this point uh, in the game and playing professionally, it, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget um, that it is the same game, uh, whether it be – the stress of the season, uh, money, whatever it might be, it's easy to forget that this is still the same game that we've all played since we were growing up. Um, so, so it's little moments like that. I guess not a little moment, a big moment like that, but a bunch of other little things too that just bring you back uh, to those times and you realize that uh, you know we're getting paid a bunch of money to play the game that we've been playing since we were five years old. I love that, Mason. Man, that is so cool. And and I get it. There's all the pressures. It's your job. It's a business. There's expectations. There's a head coach. There's a position coach. I mean, there's everything. No doubt. And, and, and I would guess you're probably playing your best when you're able to dismiss all that and just have fun at the game. Is, is that an accurate presumption? 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's easy to complicate and easy, easy to, to put a lot of pressure on yourself, but when you keep things simple, uh, when you play relaxed, when you play loose, that's that's usually when you play the best. Um, so, it's, you know, it's easy to, to not do that, but it's also easy, easy to remind yourself, like, hey, this is, this is still the same game. Just go out there and um, do what you've been doing your, your whole life. Mason, where have you improved the most, do you think? Uh, honestly, I think all over the place. Um, I, I don't know if I can pick one point or, or another, but um, all across the board, you know, and that, that's big credit to Cougs and, and Addy in our room. Um, I know I've touched on that a little bit, and other guys in the room have touched on that. Um, but those those two, um, I mean, they're, they're special. And the combination of those two and, and how they push us and how they work us, how they control that room, um, I mean, it's incredible. And we've all – everyone in that room has made – uh, tremendous progress in their technique and the way they play the game um, since Cougs and Addy have gotten in there. It's all about you, Mason Cole, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. You and the offensive line. And look, Wolf and I have been leading the charge for a good year now that this is not the offensive line that at times is portrayed by oh. the national media, some sort of liability. I mean, it's just completely false. You guys have, have doubled down and proved it again this year, spent almost all year number one or number two in the ESPN pass block and run block win rate, and we can see. A, but, but Thursday night at Seattle, you tell me, what did you make of the offensive line's performance? And maybe more importantly, what did your position coach, Sean Kugler, think of you guys up front? You know, I think the message to our room is, uh, after that game, is just we, we didn't do our job. Um, as much as we've done it early in the year and, and we played well uh, last Thursday, we just, we just didn't do that. We didn't rush the ball efficiently. Uh, we didn't protect Kyler well enough. Um, that's, that's on us, uh, each and every one of us in that room. Um, and the only way, to do, only way to fix it is to go out there this week and, and correct it. Um, one thing Coach Harbaugh always told me when I was at Michigan, told the team, is that um, the only way you get a bad taste out of your mouth is, is go out and, uh, and whoop somebody. So, um, you know, whatever that is, you know, we, we, we got the people in the room to, uh, to correct it. Um, and and Kuz told all of us this, that you know, he trusts everyone in our room. Um, so he, he's not worried about it. Um, you know, people have bad games. Groups have bad games. And it was just one for us that we didn't, didn't do our job. Yeah, I think for you, for the most part this season, you guys have been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic here. And that was probably the worst game that you guys played against Seattle. What is the best game? Is there one game that stands out that you think the entire offensive line really balled out? I don't know if I can pick one game. Because, um, you know, it, each and every game there's something where we didn't do well enough or something we did really well. Um, just looking back, you know, you know, Dallas rushing for, I don't remember the exact yard, it was over 200 yards. Um, Buffalo, we rushed for, you know, 215 yards, whatever it was. Um, so we, we've had some really good games and we had some games we've been here and there, but there's things good to take from every game and things bad to take every game mm-hmm. from every game that we need to correct. Yeah, the Sunday night game against Seattle, Kyler wasn't sacked, he wasn't hit. And, then, you know, five times under Cliff Kingsbury, and I don't think, and this is another thing the national media doesn't realize, the Arizona Cardinals have rushed for 200 or more yards in a season and a half. And that had happened five times in the previous 15 years of Cardinals football. When you guys are really rolling in the ground game like that, what's happening? How? Why does that happen when you guys eclipse 200 yards rushing? You know, I think I think that has to do a lot with the play call and a lot to do with with us and having confidence in us. You know, if we if we early in the game we can get the run game going and uh, and get efficient runs, um, and also put ourselves in second, medium, third, and short, keep us on our third and longs. 
um, <clears throat> you know, those efficient runs help you all across the board. It helps your pass game, helps your play action. Um, so when we can do that early and establish a run game early, I think it really helps us uh, throughout the whole game open everything up. And then we start doing play action, you start taking shots down the field, that's only going to open the run game up even more. And Mason, um, so talking about starting fast real quick, let, here's what Larry Fitzgerald said earlier today uh, on something that Cliff Kingsbury has cited as a need to, to get out of the gates and get on the scoreboard early in the game. I mean, eventually we, we get it going, you know, every game we play. But it would be amazing if we can do it from the first time we touch the football, go down and, you know, put together a great, you know, seven to eight play scoring drive just to really set the, set the game up and put it in, uh, you know, put ourselves in the driver's seat early. You know, there's no better time to start than, than this week. You know, let's go out and, you know, score points in the first quarter and continue to onslaught. That would be great. I'm guessing you guys are feeling that urgency right now as an offense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, those, those first couple of drives of the game, I think we've, we've struggled with all year for, for whatever reason. Um, and then kind of like Larry said, we, we, then, we start, then we start to get it going. Um, so that's obviously a huge focus on us is starting fast, um, especially, too, with, with the tempo of our offense. If we can start fast and, and not give these other teams a, a chance to catch up, uh, it, it's huge because uh, we can score points. Um, and, and that might be one of the more frustrating things this season is, you know, we're, we're, we're playing really well on offense. We're whatever, top five, top ten in offense in the league. Um, but we, we as an offense know that we're not even close to playing as good as, uh, as we can. We haven't put a complete game together yet. Um, so, you know, that's what we got to do. we got to strive to do that. I mean, think about it. The Cardinals right now is an offense, number one in total offense, Wolf, total yards per game, 414, number two in rushing yards per game, number one in rushing touchdowns per game, over five yards of carry in the run game. Yet, just like Mason, you have the same opinion. You haven't seen that breakout game yet from the Cardinals offense, have you? There's so many yards that I think they still have left on the field. When you look at the the drive stalls, the penalties that they've had, right? It's amazing. And when you look at the negative plays, they've also had Cliff Kingsbury was talking about that this week. They still lead the league in negative plays. And that's an amazing thing when you consider the fact they're the number one offense in the National Football League in terms of yards per game. As far as fast starts, remember he told us this week on his TV show, he said he's not mentioning this week. He's going opposite, reverse psychology. He's not going to mention it. Maybe they'll get a fast start. We continue with Mason Cole on the Big Red Rage. To announce the Arizona Cardinal selection, please welcome from the University of Southern California, guard Deuce Latui. to represent a wall. There's a difference between knowing you can and thinking you can. Mason Cole, welcome to the Cardinals. Now that is a singular introduction to the NFL. Mesa's own Deuce Latouille, former second-round pick and starting guard to the Arizona Cardinals. Ron Wolfley, you tell me there's no one quite like Deuce. 
No doubt about it, Paul. Are you kidding me? The intensity. And he brought it on game day as well. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Let's just say um, he went next level in the physicality. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he was a throwback in a lot of – he was, to his era, what Conrad Dobler might have been to (laughs) offensive guards back in the 70s. Let's just put it that way. I don't know if I'd go that far, Paulie. (laughs) Conrad was pretty nasty. Mason Cole is our guest. That was his. Uh, yeah, that was draft day for Mason. Realize, I, do, are you aware? Only two University of Michigan offensive linemen have ever been drafted by the Cardinals. Hall of Famer Dan Deardorff, nineteen seventy one, wow. and then Mason Cole, two thousand eighteen. Have you ever met Deuce Latui, Mason? I have not. No. I'd love to, though. <laughs> You'd love him, no doubt about that's, it. That's that's the first thing I thought when uh, when I saw him walk across the stage during the draft. Is like I got to meet this guy one day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's uh. So you know, look, um, we can go into the throwback machine and Wolf once upon a time played for Bill Belichick, and we cited some of the stats earlier. You know, you're going against a New England team and a New England defense that think about it, the last two weeks, guys. They've gone against Lamar Jackson. They've gone against Deshaun Watson. So what have you seen on film against those dual-threat quarterbacks, and what do you think is going to carry over to Sunday, Mason? You know, I, I think one thing with with this defense and, and with, with Belichick is, you know, they're going to have some plan for us, um, whatever it is. Um, I, I think throughout watching their games throughout the year, uh, they've, just, they've had a different plan each, each week for whoever they're facing. So whatever, whatever plan that might be for us, um, we got to be ready for it. So it's a little, it's a little different because you're preparing for multiple things because you don't know exactly how they're going to play us. So they can play us multiple different ways, um, and that's that's part of that defensive thing. And that's just what they do, and that's why they, they've been so successful. Boy, it really is, Mason. It's so difficult to get some type of gauge as to what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to do because he's liable to do anything, really. I mean, this is a guy that wants to be a chameleon. He wants to be capable of doing anything. And I cannot tell you how many times in the middle of the first quarter he would bring everybody over, bring the the defense over, bring the offense over, and he'd say, okay, listen, everything we practiced all week long, forget about it. Here's what we're going to do. And he'd grease it up, right? You know, whether he was talking to the defense or the offense, it really didn't matter. He would just say, right. here's what we're going to do. you got to be able to f- make adjustments on the fly because he's not going to give you just one thing. He's going to give you multiple looks, is he not? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, this is my first time playing the Patriots. It's it my first time really seeing that. Um, and they can do so much within their defense. Uh, they can play a whole game many different ways. So um, we just don't know exactly how they're going to play us. But so we got to be ready for everything. You know, it's said that he'll attack what he perceives as a weakness. And so when when you think he looks at that film, right on Thursday night against Seattle, is there something you guys need to correct first and foremost when you, as an offense or either as an offensive line? Was there anything that really stood out in that game that you guys have to remedy immediately? Yeah, I think early as an offensive line, you know, I think we're going to be tested. Um, I think we were tested with, with probably some pressures, um, different different looks up front, um, some games and twists. Um, and, and the only way to, to stop that is to shut down those games and twists and, and pressures. Because um, if you, uh, just like any other team, if you, if you show any kind of weakness in, in pressures or twists early in the game, they're just going to keep doing it. Um, so I, I think we'll probably be tested early. I know I, know I would if I was another defensive coordinator. Um, so we'll, we'll be tested for sure. Um, but, you know, we know what we did wrong last week, and we know what we have to correct. And, guys, listen to Cliff Kingsbury. What do you expect Bill Belichick to do defensively? 
From an offense perspective, I, I think you know Bill is going to do a tremendous job of kind of taking away what you you do well. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the focus is going to be on us, just eliminating those negative plays. If we have the same number of negative plays and penalties uh, as we did last week, we won't have a lot of success up there, and our guys know that. So a lot of the focus is on us um, improving in, in those areas and making sure we're playing downhill more. Hey, that's a good start when it comes to penalties. I'm sure you're aware, coaches have made it known, Mason, the Arizona Cardinals lead the league in penalties, 79. Mm. Guess who has the fewest penalties? The New England Patriots with 36. How far would that go if you guys are able to resolve that matter? Yeah, I mean, that's that's an issue we've been, we've been trying to correct all year. Um, and that just, goes, that just goes back to saying this offense is, is nowhere near what it, what it can be at, at its max when we're firing all cylinders. Um, so that's, that's a huge thing for us is, is stopping those negative plays and those penalties. Because um, those right now are the, are the plays that are killing us. They're, they're, they're stalling out drives, and they're, they're not giving us a chance. You know, Mason, talk to me about the Patriots' defensive line in particular. What do you see on film? What do you see on their front as to whether or not this is a blitzing front, this is a high-pressure front, or is this just a physical front? What do they play? What kind of gap? What kind of scheme? Talk to me about their front. You, you know, kind of like I said, uh, they've, been, they've been all over the board um, and, and what they do schematically. They can, they can come out and, and be solid with five, five D linemen across the board. Um, they can go odd, which which is kind of their bread and butter, and what you know Bill Belichick has always done. Um, they can play four down. You know they, they can play us any way they want. Yeah. But uh, you know, just as you expect from a Belichick defense, is, is these guys play hard. Um, they play within their defense, and, and they know where to be and, and how to get there. Who do you think um, is going to so be over you, Mason? Who do you think is going to be over you the majority of the time? Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know. It, it could be, be multiple people. It just depends on, on how they want, want to play us. I remember back in the day, right, when the Cardinals traded for Chandler Jones, and Chandler talked about how often they would use him inside. they throw him in the A-gap. Uh, you know, Belichick right. would, would dial that sort of stuff up. I, I always find that intriguing, no doubt about it. Let me ask you this. He's obviously focusing on Kyler Murray, Coach Belichick, and he's been talking a lot about Kyler Murray and the dual threat and, and the running ability. And What's it like to block for Kyler Murray, especially when he pulls it and runs it? Uh, I mean, in the run game, it's, uh, it's fun, man, because you, you'll be blocking a, a zone play or something, and, and all of a sudden the ball's 30 yards downfield, and you don't, you don't even know what the heck happened. Um, you look down, you, you look over, you see, see Kyler running with it. Um, but in protection, uh, it's huge. He gets us out of a lot of trouble. And I know we've done a, a decent job protecting him this year, um, and we've, we've improved there, but a lot of that's on him. How he's maneuvered in the pocket um, this year it, it has really helped us, and he's gotten us out of a lot of trouble. Mason, do you guys lobby for running the ball more? Do you do that? Or, I mean, do you go up to Cougs and say, Cougs, you gotta, you got to go talk to Cliff. we got to run the ball more. Do you guys do that at all? Yeah, I mean, come on. We play offensive line. Of course we do that. <laughs> and there's no lobbying. The why Cougs. does it help you? Tell Cougs, people Cougs, why that Cougs helps is, you. Cougs is, the same, Cougs is the same way, though. So there's, we don't have to lobby to Cougs. You know he wants to run the ball, too. It helps you do your job, right? The It hope, it helps you in your totality when it comes to pass protection, correct? Absolutely. And I think the one thing about this room is we know if we run the ball successful in a game. Um, it's going to end up well. For, for the team, yeah. Um, so so we, we like that idea. We like we like the idea of having having the game in our hands and being able to determine how well this offense is going to be. And hey, between you and the mindset of a 
a J.R. Sweezy and a D.J. Humphreys. And, and he, you know, I know Justin Pugh wants to run the ball. He'd much rather do that. We've had Kelvin Beecham on the Big Red Rage. I mean, Wolf, you tell me, these are all guys with the mentality. They want to come off the ball and attack. And, and, and if you want to set a tone early and get off to that fast start, it's never a bad idea to bring a little physicality to start a game, right? There's no doubt about it, Paulie. I honestly wonder if, in fact, what Seattle did in playing the edges, playing Kyler first, is going to be something the Patriots are going to try to mimic. And if that is the case, you got to run the ball. you got to run it in a north-south way. And once again, five times in Cliff Kingsbury's season and a half. They've run for more than 200 yards in a game. We'll see what's in store on Sunday. We'll come back. Let's talk Thanksgiving holiday. He's an offensive lineman after all, right? This is his holiday. Him and the guys next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Head Not Household is all about versatility. I'm going to do the meat. My wife is going to do all the sides. We ain't got two boxes of Jiffy yesterday for the dressing. Jiffy. Jiffy cornbread mix for the dressing. What you mean, what is Jiffy? Jiffy corn. You, you eat cornbread? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Jiffy cornbread. I cannot believe you guys don't know what Jiffy is. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, not us. Right. Unbelievable. Oh, man. You guys are messing <laughs> it. I mean, I grew up on Jiffy. Where's the Jiffy? <laughs> you know, we need we need some Jiffy cornbread, and we need to get it popping ASAP. That's an all-time moment from the history of the Big Red Rage. Now, 20 years plus, Adrian Wilson, the host of the time. Rex had not the guest, offensive lineman, and our Jim Omohundra, I don't know if he was playing the straight man or he was just the heavy, and then it carried over to the show, Wolf, and we all got a beat down from Adrian Wilson and Rex had not because we weren't up, apparently, on the particulars of Jiffy. Yeah. And, and how, you know, it's necessary in the Thanksgiving holiday in particular to get it, quote, popping ASAP. Yeah, no doubt about it. Rex was incensed by that, by the way, Paul. <laughs> he really was. was so our guest here is an offensive lineman, Mason Cole, starting center. Now, Mason, it says here they list you at 65307. So, you know, come on now. I, you know, I, I don't want to go ahead and, and typecast, but how many plates can you throw down? You're an offensive lineman, after all, in your prime. Hey, I think you're profiling there. I think you're profiling. <laughs> no, man. There's no thinking about it. <laughs> Thanksgiving's huge, man. That's what that's that's our holiday. It's offensive lineman's holidays. We love it. Uh, there will be at least two, and when I say two plates, I mean they're full plates overflowing uh, of food tomorrow for sure. Mason, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Well, so my mom has always made these uh, these cheesy potatoes with cornflakes. Oh! So now, so now my wife's making them. So that's that's always been my favorite for since I was little. Now, did you ask for that? Did you have to sort of adroitly ask that, you know, or did your wife just pick up on it inherently, or was it you know was that kind of an awkward moment when you made the request? How'd that go? Oh no, no, she knew because she loves them too. So there, there was no secret in this household. Is there a name for them? Are they called something, Mason? Do you know? They're just, they're just they're cheesy potatoes. I don't know where she got the recipe, but ever since I can remember, she's been making them. What about for dessert? Uh, former Big Red Rage host Calais Campbell always looked forward to, you know, speaking of mom, mom had the icebox pie. Remember that, Wolf? The, the chocolate, the peanut butter, and the bananas. Uh, we're not going to ask Wolf about pumpkin pie. We don't oh, need no, that three-hour rant right now. Pie, no. Nobody needs that. <laughs> Nobody needs that. And Wolf's disdain for squash. But for you, what's the go-to dessert, Mason? Well, we got actually we got two pies cooking in our house right now. We got a pecan pie cooking, and we got apple pies cooking. So uh, that's my go-to pie. See, there you go, right there. I mean, you can't go wrong. Apple and pecan. 
I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not huge on the pumpkin. It's a, it's a weird texture thing for me. <laughs> that's weird. What, Mason, that's what it is for me. It's the texture of it all. What are you? It's weird. What are you if doing? I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna have a pie, it's not gonna be a pumpkin pie. <laughs> Let me tell you. Open up a pumpkin. Go ahead and look inside of it and say, "Man, we're gonna make dessert out of that." I mean, exactly, exactly. You know, I know, I know I go down in a big way, but Paulie Pilgrim over here, I got to step up as an American and defend pumpkin pie against oh, you two guys. Stop. Come on now. What's going on here? Hey, I, I'm not saying I, you know, I don't like pumpkin pie, but if I'm going to have a pie, it's not going to be pumpkin. Okay, Mason, how about this? Do you have any Thanksgiving Day traditions in your family? Mm. Ooh, not not really. Uh, you know, when I, when I was little, we would always have a, uh, a, little, a little turkey football game. Uh, with some some close family friends and and stuff like that, but um, now since we've been out here and with my, with my wife and now a baby on the way, we you know we're we're getting in that into that time where we got to make our own traditions now. Absolutely, that's so, cool. So you have the apple pie, the pecan pie, and they're baking as we speak. I'm guessing you didn't make either pie, and I'll just move on and, <clears throat> and pose the question: which which member of the old line room? or maybe your O-line coach could whip up the best Thanksgiving meal because, you know, DJ Humphrey's always grilling. He's posting photos on Instagram. Justin Pugh does the same. Coogs told us that, that he and his wife are foodies. So who do you think is the best chef in that O-line room? I would put I would put Coogs' wife up there. I don't know if Coogs is cooking, but I would put Coogs' wife up there. But out of all the guys, <clears throat> man, I'd, I'd have to go beach. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a country <laughs> Texas dude. He's, 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 got it, he's got it right. Oh my goodness! So, are you going to watch all the games when you get the opportunity? Are you going to sit there? Are you going to watch games? What is your schedule going to be like on Thanksgiving? What is going to What is it going to be like tomorrow? Yeah, of course I want to watch the games. What else are you guys? Rick, do? don't you, you get enough of it? I mean, there, Mason, there used to be a lot of guys that I'll tell you right now. All they did is watch film, right? On our upcoming opponent, watch film, watch film. The last thing a lot of guys wanted to do was watch a football game, but you're going to watch it, huh? Yeah, but you know, when you're sitting down and having having a piece of pecan pie or apple pie, watching a football game, it's a little different than watching film. So. It would be a nice, a nice mental break from from the film from the film for the day. It's That's the right. pecan you, pie that puts you in a good yeah. mood, right? You're sitting exactly. there, you're saying better them than me. That's what you're saying. Back, exactly. Here's here's Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he's in his 17th season for Pete's sake, and I think he's still watching football. Fitz, what are your plans? Pick up the turkey. You know, probably stop over at my brother's house, see his family, and then you know, call grandma and you know, check in with the family, and then. Get home, you know, have something to eat and, you know, watch the games and fall asleep on the couch. You know, usually that's about the, the routine and then wake up, you know, after that meal and then do it all over again. Make me another plate, get some, some peach cobbler, a little ice cream. Not that I'm excited about or anything like that, you know, but that's usually what happens. <laughs> Still no pumpkin. Larry's going for peach cobbler a la mode. My goodness. Okay. By the way, Buddha, Buddha says Buddha says he doesn't like turkey. He opts for ham yeah. and mint chocolate See, chip I, I, ice cream. I also, I also agree with that. Oh, jeez. I think, I think turkey's a little – there's a reason why turkeys only eat once a year. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so, but, I mean, Thanksgiving, though, you got to do the traditional turkey, Dad. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have some turkey, but it's not like the most – that's not what I'm looking forward to on Thanksgiving. It's not the turkey. I mean, the ham, of I'm, course, is Christmas. We all know that. The ham and Christmas, and well, it's turkey we ha- at Thanksgiving. We got a ham tomorrow. We got a ham tomorrow. <laughs> so you're having ham. I mean, if you're going to get together, you're going to have any type of holiday, you're having ham. 
mean, a big old ham. Yep. Yes. Okay. You guys are breaking all the rules. I mean, a couple of <laughs> Philistines around here. What's going on? We got to get you guys coached up on the traditions of Thanksgiving. You know, I, this is see. This needs to go into like to the O line podcast. The O line room needs a podcast. This needs to be discussed in depth. That's what I would say. We call the podcast. You, you, gotta, you gotta talk to Pew. You gotta talk to Pew for that. He'd be the podcast guy. You know, he, he likes oh, to yeah. talk. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, going, no doubt. He's going right to network with Michael Strahan. That's what uh, he was doing. That's that's my oh. guess on that one. So, and, and, and let the record reflect, Mason, we didn't bring up Michigan football, although you guys did get past Rutgers. So, uh, you know, that, that's you brought up Jim Harbaugh. We didn't bring up the Wolverines, though, in the state of the program right now. So, okay, hey, we did bas- solid. Basketball got the first win this year. <laughs> Mason, man, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, and happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Mason. Right back at you. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Receivers punch to the right, wide side of the field from the Texans 41 and a half. Snap back to Newton, drops back. Come on, a lot of time. Come on. Moves up, throws a long ball down the middle for Burns. Pitches for the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Oh, it's about time. <laughs> what a catch. What a throw. What a throw. <laughs> I mean, it's off the back foot, too. You better be ready. Early game to match the energy of the Patriots radio color analyst Scott Zolak on Patriots radio right there. I mean, boom, he's he's right there. He's, he's in the thick of the play call as uh, that was a 42-yard touchdown strike from Cam Newton. A lot of people think that was the best ball he's thrown all year on the money to former Cardinal Demir Bird, who, by the way, had six grabs for 132 yards receiving, had a career game. It is the Arizona Cardinals' big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, special Thanks, Cardinal starting center Mason Cole, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. And, and and you heard the reverence for Coach Belichick. You correct me if I'm wrong, but there's seems like some genuine uncertainty as to what Belichick is going to game plan against the Cardinals offense. Yeah. What is the defensive front going to look like? How aggressive will they be? And to listen to Mason Cole, he said, you know what, that's the norm. He changes it up week to week depending on the opponent. Yeah, it's just it's fascinating to me. We don't know what he's going to do, but they the Cardinals need to run the ball. That much I do know, Paul. They need to run the ball and do it in a north-south fashion. I I know I've been saying this over and over and over again, but it's a must this week, in my opinion. Okay, so here's my question real quick. If Kyler can't run the ball, or they're reluctant to run Kyler because of the shoulder injury, which is what happened, and Cliff Kingsbury confirmed as much to a certain degree on on his weekly TV show game plan. He only had five carries for 15 yards. Uh, Kyler Murray, so now what? Can can you get that effective ground game going because yeah. you like to talk about how it's a three-headed monster well what if it's just Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds yeah absolutely Paulie this is going to be the thing right here I think the Patriots are going to go into this game thinking okay Kyler you can run the ball you can do that so we're going to play the edges just the way the Seattle Seahawks really played those edges and play Kyler first and then if in fact he's not running the ball and he's handing the ball off then I think they might actually change up what it is they're going to do. Like the Seahawks, they played Kyler Murray first. Remember Kyler, after the game, he said, man, they they were yep. playing me heavy, right? They were playing me heavy. I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, but they wanted the ball out of Kyler Murray's hand. 
And I think that's what Bill Belichick is going to want as well, the ball out of his hands. And then Chase Edmonds said after the game that when the Cardinals showed some run personnel looks, the Seahawks automatically checked in five defensive linemen. And that was their other response to that. So so can the Cardinals run the ball? How often will they run the ball? And then how about a Patriots team that entered that loss against the Texans with more rushing attempts than any team in the league yet? Somehow the Texans' NFL worst run defense held the Patriots to just 86 yards rushing. They came in averaging a buck 61. Yeah, they didn't play well up front right there. If you look at that tape, Holly, they did not block well at the point of attack at all. But to me, again, the Patriots are going to get into 21 personnel. This is what they do. Two backs, including a fullback, Paul. They get into 21 personnel, and that is their number one personnel group in rundown situations, and they're going to run the ball. 134 snaps on first and 10, 98 of them were runs, Paul, 98. That is what they're going to do. That's their number one personnel group. They're going to go ahead and hammer the ball. They're number four in rushing yards per game and number eight in rushing yards per play. They're going to line up, and they're going to try to run the ball. And I, I got to believe a lot of it is going to do with the fact that Kyler Murray, once again, will be on the sideline, very much like the Seattle Seahawks, who ran it 31 times for over 160 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. And it wasn't like it was Russell Wilson. He only had 42 yards rushing on 10 carries. They handed the ball off to running backs, and they ran the ball against the Cardinals. That's what the Patriots are going to try to do offensively. They're using backup Damian Harris. He's averaging more than five yards a carry. They're without Rex Burkhead the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, that's going to hurt. He was carted off with that knee injury. He's done, And their left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, left that Houston game. He has not practiced this week, so that's a big injury question for the New England Patriots. But remember what Mason Cole said, what Jim Harbaugh used to say, the only way to get a bad taste out of your mouth if you're an offensive lineman is to go out and whoop someone. So we'll see which offensive line redeems itself on Sunday in New England. For Mason Cole and Ron Wolfley, Jim Omohundro and Cody Fincher, I'm Paul Calvici. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.